0: the name of the Lord and let everybody say praise the Lord well I'll tell you it is great to be at Antioch the Apostolic Church amen and I am not a visiting preacher I am home I've been traveling all over the world so I'm usually a visiting preacher but I feel right at home here and I have to say, and I say it every time I get up here and just, I'm going to say it again, okay? And if I get up here again, I'll probably say it again. But I want to thank God, because 18 years ago, God sent me to this church at the darkest moment of my life and transformed me. And during that time, the Lord told me, said, you ask Brother Bishop Wright to be your pastor, and so I... I didn't really understand, had no comprehension, but isn't that the way it always works? We never know where we're headed, we just do what he tells us to do. You know, and usually whenever you ask God, you know, I've I've had people come to me, young ministers come to me, and I know you're standing, I'll be quick, but they'll say, Brother Dobbs, I've come to this meeting for direction. And I say, well, you're probably not going to get it. And they look at me like, what, what? I said, because why do you need direction? Are you driving? What you need is submission. Get in the passenger seat and go where he takes you. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm at Antioch. I can say that. Let me tell you, I believe God is going to give us a time of being able to submit to him, and he's going to show us the next step. He's not going to show us the path. He's just going to show us the next step. But I understand now why God wanted him to be my pastor and why I was to bring myself under subjection to Bishop because uh, his influence has transformed me. And thank God it has also transformed everyone that I've been able to touch. And so I give God the praise for this church. It is truly an apostolic church. It is an example of what God wants all over the world. Amen. And so I, I'm I'm honored. I'm privileged to be standing here, and I feel like the Lord has given me a word at four nineteen this morning. I woke up. He does that to me a lot. One time I asked him. I said, "Lord, why why so early?" He said, "It's noon in Jerusalem." Okay, that explains everything. All right. So four it's four o'clock somewhere, Lord, and it was four o'clock in the morning this morning, and the Lord spoke to me. And I, this is just free, okay. He said, so many are confused by my identity. They want to separate me in parts. He said, I am Father. I am Creator. I am your Provider and your Protector. But he said, I had to have a body to be able to have blood to be able to shed for your redemption. I had to become the groom so I could buy a bride. And he said, and all the Holy Ghost is, is my breath. So he said, I am the Father, the Son is the body, and the Holy Spirit is just my breath. You can't separate the body from the breath. God is breathing in this house right now. He's been breathing in this house all morning. And I believe God has already done miracles in this place. So I ask him to breathe on us again through his word. We're going to Obadiah, the 15th verse. It is in there, folks, the book of Obadiah. We don't hear a lot of people preach from Obadiah. But Obadiah, the 15th, is only one chapter. He was a short-winded preacher. Y'all probably praying that I'll be like Obadiah this morning. And in the 15th verse, he speaks of a prophecy that will take 100 years to be fulfilled. He will not see the fulfillment of the prophecy. Now, I'm going to tell you, that is not the case today, because the things that we are prophesying right now in the Spirit are going to come to pass, and we will see them in this day, because this is the last day. But Obadiah did not see the fulfillment of this, but it happened. It happened to the physical. And he said, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen, as thou hast done. It shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. But upon Mount Zion, everybody say, upon Mount Zion, shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire. And the house of Joseph a flame. And the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them. And there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau for the Lord hath spoken it. And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain of the Philistines, they shall possess the field of Ephraim, and the field of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead, and the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Zarephath, and the captivity of Jerusalem, which is seraphad, which is an old word for Spain, shall possess the cities of the south. But verse 21 is what really leapt out to me in the prophecy of Obadiah. And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. When I saw that, I said, well, wait a minute now. You know, I've been, I understand there's only one Savior. And and the Lord himself, even in the Old Testament, Isaiah said, if you see a Savior come, it's me. So we know who Jesus is. And when I saw that, I was very, very curious because I said, Lord, what is this? And so when I found the word, the Hebrew word, mashayim, it literally means avengers or those that have been drawn out to draw out. Those that have been delivered that shall deliver. He was literally thinking in his mind, little Moses's. He was saying there's coming a time where there's going to be some little Moseses everywhere. And they're going to have two purposes. Their purpose is to deliver and to avenge. Their purpose is to deliver and to fulfill the commandment of judgment against God's enemies. And when I saw that, I said, God, but this is an Old Testament prophecy that was fulfilled a hundred years later. But he said, no, when I began to speak about Mount Zion, I'm not talking about Israel. Mount Zion is the apostolic church of today. And I want to tell you that I, as I'm traveling around the world, I am seeing a buildup of angels and a buildup of Moshaim. God is about to orchestrate end time harvest in this world, and it is going to blow our minds. And I want to speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, and if I may be so bold, a word of prophecy to this church of what God's intention is to do. But as God does everything, it's by covenant. If you will, I will. Where are the saviors? Are there any saviors in the house? Are there any saviors in the house? Let me tell you, I believe this pause is going to be unbelievable. God, well, I don't need to use that word. I just heard Bishop Wright. We don't use that word. It is going to be believable. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be far beyond our expectations. And I felt the Holy Ghost say, prepare my people for what I'm going to do in this meeting. I will transform people into saviors. Would you just lay your Bible down, lift your hands and just ask the Lord, would you ask him to give me strength? I'm recovering from sickness and my voice is so weak, but I believe the Lord wants to do something here. Lord Jesus, by the power and the authority of your spirit, as your word goes forth, let it just begin to operate. Let it begin to do what you desire. Father, have dominion in this house. And let your perfect will be accomplished according to your desire and your design. We want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to be manifested in this place. And Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to move upon every person here. I I speak it by authority, God. We don't even have to ask. I speak it by authority right now. In the name of the lord jesus that you will do what you desire to do in this house to everyone that will let you in jesus name we pray and everybody say in jesus name god bless you you may be seated when we when we see this prophecy of obadiah i I can tell you that i can see that obadiah has blood in his eyes god is speaking to him a word and it is a word of revenge He is watching as his people are being slaughtered. He is watching as his people are being brought into captivity. And this, this of course, is Babylon that is coming in and conquering God's people. But the thing that really bothered him was that whenever he began to see this happen, there were people that were escaping and they were getting away from the Babylonians. But the Edomites, and the Edomites, of course, were kinfolk, But the Edomites, the the sons of Esau, were capturing the escapees and turning them over to Babylon. And Obadiah was angry. You see, Obadiah had an official position. He was the chief steward of the house of Ahab. And it is really amazing to me, this is just how God works, Jezebel thought she had the upper hand, but what she didn't know is that her chief steward that actually was running the house and the kingdom, that was doing everything under her authority, was feeding 700 prophets of Jehovah from her table. God put Obadiah in the house of Ahab, and I kind of like to call him god's secret agent man. You know if Obadiah was here today, he'd have this little curly cue coming out of his ear. Receiving commands from his, from his commanding officer of what exactly he needs to do because he's a man undercover. And Jezebel and Ahab see him as their right hand person that is doing everything in the house of Ahab, including overseeing every servant. And yet he is secretly taking the leftovers from the king's table to a cave where 700 prophets are being fed royal food. Not McDonald's. Not Jack in the Box. They're eating the best of the best. If Jezebel would have known that, can you imagine? But that's the way our God operates. And now, of course, Ahab is fallen. Jezebel is dead. Obadiah is no longer in the royal seat, and he's no longer in authority. He's just a prophet that God is speaking to. But as he watches the escapees being carried away by the Edomites to be turned over to Babylon, as he watches the Babylonian army pilfer the temple and take stuff out and begin to march out of the city, taking the best of the best with them, there is something that rises up in him. And he says, oh, you think you've got the upper hand. But I'm here to tell you, judgment is going to come. I'm on, I, I, I feel in the Holy Ghost to say this. There's even some of our churches and our pastors that have been overwhelmed by materialism and the desires of this world. And the devil thinks that he's got them in a place where they're going to be lackadaisical and they're not going to prosper and they're not going to be a part of end time revival. They're just going through the motions. But I believe that God is speaking right now and he's saying that before the rapture takes place, that those that have come into captivity are the lies of the enemy that have been carried away by things that have caused them to be less than what God desires. You hear me right now in the name of Jesus. There's a restorative voice that is speaking right now that they are going to come into the apostolic church. we think the enemy's got the upper hand. We see what's happening in our in our in our nation today and our nation has just gone crazy and and there's just stuff going on that we never dreamed we'd see in America. And it looks like the church is in such a minority that we could never make a difference. But you better hear Obadiah's prophecy of Mount Zion. He says there's going to be people that God is going to empower, that's going to have a desire for him like never before. They're going to have a prayer life like they've never had before. They're going to follow apostolic principle like they never have before. God is raising up a church from the church. And he says, Edom, there will come a time, you hear me, Edom, when you won't even exist. I can imagine when he made that prophecy, the Edomites would have scorned him because their chief city was a city called Selah. And Selah was located right in the middle of the Moabite mountains. In fact, you could find the ruins of that city here in that area today. It was surrounded by high cliffs on every side. There was no way to make a surprise approach to Edom. The Edomites were excellent archers. They had mastered, they had learned it from the Amalekites, and they had mastered the the art and and the the skill of shooting the bow. And so they were long-distance fighters, which was a tremendous advantage of the day. They also knew guerrilla warfare because they came from the mountains and the crags, and so they could ambush somebody instantly. In fact, they were ambushing the escapees and capturing them, and they didn't even know they were around. But he says, I know your city seems to be invincible, and I know you think that there's no way that that could ever happen. But you know what? A hundred years later, Assyria attacked them, and because of the sheer force of the soldiers, because there was just so many, what didn't have to be a surprise attack, and they came in and they destroyed every. Edomite. No one escaped. The prophecy was fulfilled that God would avenge his people. Well, I'm here to tell you there is a wrestling in the spirit realm right now. And what we need to pray for as the Moshaim is God. I'm asking you to shake every Pentecostal church in this nation, every pastor, every evangelist, that they would begin to have a hunger like they never had before for God. Not just to go through the motions, not just maintenance mode, not just materialism, but that they would be drawn by the power of the Holy Ghost to change. And I believe that meetings like we're about to go into are those kind of meetings. You know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a man of the Word. I studied the Word since I was 11 years old. And, and I, 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 my first Bible, I underlined everything I thought was important. I found it the other day. The whole book is underlined. I mean, I just, you know, when I'd read, oh, that's good, oh, oh, that's good, oh, that's good. And I thought, good heavens, what was I thinking? Now, you know, instead of underlined, it'd be better if it wasn't underlined, I'd be able to find it. But I just, that was the way I was. And I was a word preacher, and I believed preaching the word, and and that's good. But I'm going to tell you, something happened to me when I came to Antioch. In the year 2000. And God said, you don't just need to be a word preacher. You need to be a man of the spirit. God is going to restore balance to his church. And so he says, upon Mount Zion. Everybody say, upon Mount Zion. He said, Edom, you're going to burn like stubble. And Jacob's going to be the flame. But upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. I'm here to tell you that this church is a church of deliverance. If you came here bound today, you can be set free. If you came here in your sin, you can leave here not only forgiven of your sin like you've never committed a solitary sin, but you can be set free so that you don't have to walk in that sin anymore. God has promised in the last days there would be deliverance. And I'll tell you what I believe. The Lord spoke to me several years ago, and he said, I want you to train the ministers of your church in the doctrine, and I want you to prepare them because there is coming a time. You see, the Bible says it shall come to pass afterward, and I spoke about this when I was here the last time. It shall come to pass afterward that he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. And the word afterward there actually means in the Hebrew that when everything that is not in place comes into place. What I'm seeing right now is God is bringing everything into place. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. He said, I want you to train them because there's going to come a time when there's going to be denominational pastors that are going to call you and say, I had some people in my prayer room and they were praying and they got the Holy Ghost and we don't even believe in it. I need somebody to come over here and show me how to handle this. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. God is about to bring people into his church, not with a fishing pole, but a net. It is net fishing time. We need to have the power of deliverance working in our church in every service because when they begin to pour in, we are not going to have any time to try to rejuvenate them or rehabilitate them. We're just going to have to lay hands on them. And let the Holy Ghost deliver them. I know some of y'all might not believe this. But if I can quote what Bishop Wright said to me a long time ago. He said the Lord made a promise and swore by his own name. That there would be a revival that would hit this globe before the rapture takes place. And Abraham's seed would bless every family in this world. That means what we're looking at is a harvest. That means the apostolic church will touch at least one member of every family in this world. And we must be prepared. There's got to be more than just a few. There's got to be more than just a few people operating in the Spirit. I'm going to tell you, we put people on the pedestal that operate in the Spirit, but in reality, that was meant for every believer that's filled with the Holy Ghost walking in the authority of his Spirit. What we think is unusual should be the norm. But I'm telling you, there's coming a day when it will because God is reaching out to some people right now and he's saying, I want to make you a little Moses. I want to make you a deliverer. I didn't deliver you to sit on a pew. I delivered you so that you could go out and deliver others. Now, I know that this church is a church that is in outreach. You are probably more active in outreach than the average church. So I'm probably preaching to the choir. But I'm telling you that it is of apostolic authority and and structure that every person in this place have a ministry. And it has to include, by you walking in his authority, the ministry of deliverance. You ought to have enough Holy Ghost in you Enough anointing in you. And all the Holy Ghost is is the breath of God. So you walk around breathing God. You walk around speaking for God. In his name. According to his word. We don't say whatever we want to say. We say whatever he tells us to say. And when you walk up to somebody and the Holy Ghost says, I want to deliver them. Then you're just the vessel. You're just the point of human connection. And you touch them and you speak the word of deliverance. There ought to be enough Holy Ghost in you that them just being in your presence should release them from their bondage. I was witnessing to somebody years ago as a young Christian witnessing to somebody and I knew they had a I knew they had a, a, a bondage in their life. And yet when I was talking to them, they were so open and they were ready and receptive. And, and I almost got them to the point, but they were just not ready to let go of whatever. And, and I'm going to tell you, I was saying, God, they're so open. They're so receptive. This is so awesome. And so the next day I saw them and I thought it would be the same. And they were right back to where the way they were before. And I walked away saying, God, what happened? He said, while you were talking to them yesterday, my anointing broke their yokes and gave them the liberty to be able to make the choice. I'm going to tell you, we're going to meet them on the street, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to break their yokes. Where are the saviors? You were delivered. Now it's time for you to be a deliverer. You were brought out. You were drawn out. Now it's time for you to go and draw them out. As there was a first Adam, there was an Eve. And God gave Adam Eve so he could learn relationship. As it is now, the second Adam has an Eve. And we are the human side of God. If God is going to touch anybody, it's going to be through us. If God is going to speak to anybody, it's going to be through us. If God's going to comfort anybody, it's going to be with your arms. If God's going to speak a word to anybody, it's going to be through your mouth. We're praying, God, give us revival. God's saying, would you go out and give me revival? God give us a harvest. He said it's out there. I need harvest stirs. I need people that will say, the reason I get up every morning and breathe air is because I want a messianic mentality that I can go out and say, God, who can I save today? Who can I pull out of the pit? Who can I break their shackles? God, who will you heal through me today? Who will you touch through me today? Who will you set free for me today? God, I'm ready to do whatever you want to do. I'm Jesus on location. I'm the breath of God on location. A messianic mentality. He came as Messiah, but he made a point very clear. There would be many Messiahs after him. He was just the firstborn Messiah. And no wonder that when he spoke through Obadiah, even in the Old Testament, he used the word Moshaim, which is a derivative of the word Messiah. So he's saying, where are the saviors? Where are the ones that are going to do this for me. We're the ones that are going to say, Okay, God, I heard your word. Now I'm going to do your word. Man, that was a great message last night. I'm tell you what. I'm going to put that in my repertoire of, of great messages. I'm t- he hauled off and preached. That's the way we say it in the South. Man, he, he really did it. I can't wait to come back next week so I can hear another great message. The message is a delivering word of God. The only reason he let you hear it is so you could go repeat it. Come on, somebody. What's our function in the body? You'll never get all of this surrounding area in this building. So he provided the building so you could come here and hear it so you could go forth and repeat it. You are broadcasters. You are broadcasters. You're to take what you receive and go find somebody to give it to. Somewhere in the morning, that fateful morning, Peter was probably in prayer on his way to the temple, and the Lord said, there's a man you're going to see at the gate beautiful. When you get there, I want you to say this. Silver and gold have I none but such as I have what did he have he had a directive from God he had a word of instruction and don't you understand that you never know how to pray because pray is, praying is praying the will of God so how can you pray unless you know the will of God is this alright alright now, pastor's not here, so y'all got to pull my coattail. I've instructed our elders that pray for the sick. When you go to pray for somebody and they say, I've got a headache, would you pray for me? That you look at them and say, number one, we're going to have to pray in agreement. You're going to have to pray. Number two, we're going to ask God what his will is. I've heard people say, they're going to live and not die, and then six weeks later preach your funeral. That creates confusion in the body of Christ. What we really need to do is say, God, what is your will? Because if I'm not praying your will, I'm not praying. I'm in the Word. So you've got to show me what your will is so I know how to pray. Now, when you show me your will, I have a directive. We had a woman in the hospital. She was very sick. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm, you go pray for her. I said, what do I pray? He said, you pray that, that I will heal her. I'm going to heal her. She's going home in three days. I walk in. It's a hopeless situation. They don't think she's going to live, but the Holy Ghost just told me something. And with the instruction comes the authority. The reason God doesn't answer some of our prayer is because we're not praying with authority because we didn't ask him for permission. With the permission comes the power. With the power comes the work. All right, some of y'all getting quiet on me here. And so I walked in, and they're all weeping because they don't think she's going home. And I said, she's going home in three days. They said, you mean to heaven? I said, no, she's going home. Now how could I stand there so confident to know that when I prayed for her that it was good as already done because God had already given me the directive. I had already prayed his will. I had the authority in my hands and the instruction of what to do and I just did what he told me to do. How is it he wouldn't do what I asked when he's the one who sent me and told me what to pray? To the glory of the Lord, three days later, she went home. And the doctor's saying, we don't understand. We don't know what happened. I'll tell you what happened. A man of God went to his knees, asked the will of God, got the will of God, and then went and orchestrated the will of God. That's why praying in the morning is not an option. You've got to get up and get instruction from your Father and say, all right, I'm going to be a Messiah today. I'm going to be a Savior today. I'm going to be the hope of glory today. Give me a word. Tell me what I'm going to encounter. Show me what you want me to do. I'm going to have my ear tuned to you. So Peter walks by and he sees this man at the gate. Beautiful. Check. There he is. I know he's been there for years, but I never noticed him. Well, the reason you notice him now is you've got a directive. And he walks up and says, now what did he say to say? Okay, yeah, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I've already been told what God is going to do for you. So I'm not standing here hoping this works. I am fulfilling what you said. I am doing what my Father commanded. I am nothing but an extension of my Father. Jesus said, I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. I don't go anywhere unless the Father tells me to go. Then he reinforced it. The words I speak are of my Father. The deeds I do are of my Father. I and my Father are one. How are we one? Because my flesh is submitted to His Spirit. You say, How can I become what you're asking me to be? When you cease to be you, you will start being Him. When you decrease, He will increase. When you walk by his will and not your will, you'll start fulfilling the will of your father and you will become a savior. Obadiah prophesied it. It's going to happen in Mount Zion. It might as well be you. But you're going to have to pray more than just to be saved. Oh, pray that I make it to heaven. What? You better be praying more than, Lord, help me to make it to heaven. God, I'm going to heaven. That's established. I'm walking in holiness. That's established. I'm walking in authority. That's established. I'm a son or a daughter of God. That's established. Now what do you want me to do? Let my prayer be a prayer of directive. He said there will be deliverance. He said there will be holiness. God cannot use a dirty vessel. God cannot even use a vessel that is not submitted. God refuses to empower what he can't control. If you're not loyal to the throne, he is not going to give you his authority. You're not a church just because you have a steeple or a name out by the by the road. You're not a church just because you have a choir and a pastor in a building. Churches that don't pray don't even register in the spirit realm. They don't exist. That's why they're not fighting the evil forces because the evil forces don't see them as even an opposition. But when a church starts praying, it starts registering in the spirit realm and the enemy takes notice. And I've had pastors call me. I've got several pastors that call me pastor and they'll say, Pastor, I'm doing what you told me to do and everything is falling apart. I said, I want you to stand up from wherever you are right now. He said, okay. I said, I want you to start jumping up and down and praising God. Oh, you mean I'm supposed to praise God in every situation? Yeah. No, no. I want you to rejoice that you perceive that everything is falling apart. What's happening is you haven't been existing in the spirit realm for a while, and now you are. So rejoice now that the enemy even knows you're there. The second thing is understand that because you're praying, you have authority. Because you have authority, what you think is all Hades breaking loose is everything that has been there all along but never was challenged. And now because of your authority, it has to raise its hand and say, I I have to admit I've been hiding here. I got to admit I had my own agenda. I got to admit I was planning on splitting the church. And they have to start raising up and say, here I am. now." And I said, this is what you need to do. Now, everything you perceive is falling apart. I want you to stand up by the authority of the Holy Ghost and bring it under subjection to the authority in you. I said, everything's not falling apart. Everything is coming together. Everything is coming under subjection. Everything is coming into harmony with the will of God. If a if a preacher doesn't pray, he doesn't register in the spirit realm. Close your eyes and they're not there. I'm not being judgmental. They're not praying. They have no power. If they're not praying, they don't have a clue what God's will is. So all they can do is go by their logic, and that's an enemy of God. Now they are opposing the throne, even though they think they're representing the throne. Now if God moves, it is in spite of them and not because of them. But if they will come under subjection and say, God, I need deliverance in my life so I can deliver somebody else. I got to be surrendered in my life so that when I walk up to someone that's bound by spirits, the spirits will be surrendered to me and the Holy Ghost that is in me. If I'm not submitted, I have no authority. But here's the terms of engagement, folks. The Bible said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. If I'm submitted to God, I have the power to resist. If I resist him, he has to go. And so now, instead of being kicked around like a tin can by the devil every day, we start saying, ho ho, 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 just a minute. What right do you have to even speak to me? Don't you realize who I am? I am a son of God. I am empowered by his spirit. I am known in the spirit realm. And I'm about to pray to my father. And he was going to take care of you. I am submitted to him. I'm going to tell you, when I start facing temptation, I start praying submission. And let me just tell you that sometimes when you're facing temptation, if you would just hold out for just a little while, you'd find out why he's working on you so hard. Because the last time I read, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was submitted. Jesus resisted. And the devil flew away. And angels came and ministered to Jesus. Could it be that when I'm on the brink of temptation, the reason he's working on me so hard is because I'm actually on the brink of revelation. He's about to show me a part of him he's never shown before, and the devil doesn't want that to happen, so he steps in and says, I've got to get them in a place where they're not in touch, where they're feeling, where they're feeling guilt, where they're feeling condemnation, where they don't exist in the spirit realm. I've got to start working on their prayer life because they're about to be positioned for something that's about to happen. God is about to do something. God is about to give them a breakthrough. God is about to answer their prayer. God is about to do something in their life. No wonder the spirit of desperation seized Elijah. No wonder the spirit of fear was working on him over time to the point that he went into the wilderness and didn't even take food because he didn't intend to live. He left his servant back there in Jericho because he did not intend to come back. And he went into the wilderness, which incidentally is pretty amazing because the wilderness that he would have gone in is the same wilderness Jesus would have gone in later. And Elijah goes in the wilderness and leaves a servant behind, and God stops him, and God feeds him. You think you're about to die. Well, the truth is, it's, it's really true. You're about to die, but it's not going to be physically. You're about to die to your own pride. You're about to die to your own self. You're about to die to your own will. And I'm going to show you three things in the physical and then show you that they're not me. But then I'm going to speak to you in a still, small voice and reassure you that you've been hearing from me all along. Then I'm going to give you power to go and anoint a king. That's going to destroy your enemies. I'm just trying to obey the Lord. Where are the saviors? Well, who is it? Lord, which ones are in here have you selected? That's not the way he does it. the way god operates in the new testament is whosoever will so he's saying who because at this point it's really you that has to answer that question will you come here and say what a great service we had preaching couldn't have been could have been better but what a great service we had We come to pause and say, oh, man, that was incredible. And then go right back to where you were doing what you did and not doing what you know you should do. Are you going to allow the Holy Ghost to open you up? Folks, pause is not going to just transform the visitors. But there's some people that belong to this congregation and the other congregations of Antioch that are going to find purpose like they never found before in this meeting. They're going. Does anybody believe what I'm saying? Do you believe that could be true for you? Do you believe that God could do that to you right now? Does anybody believe God could give you a purpose right now beyond what you've ever had before? If you believe that, would you stand with me right now? And would you lift your hands to heaven and say God you've already made the prophecy. Obadiah's already spoken it. He's already said it's going to happen. Edom is going to be defeated. We are on the winning side. We will prevail. Somebody is going to be the saviors. Somebody's going to do this. But those that choose to do it are going to be on the front lines of what God is doing. And they're going to see the glory like nobody else will. You can be a part of that. If you will say, I refuse just to sit on the pew anymore. I refuse just to be a part of this church and just come and worship and sit here and receive. But from this day on, I'm not just going to be a receiver. I'm going to be a producer. From this day on, I'm going to take the power of deliverance to my job, the power of deliverance to my school, the power of deliverance to my family. I may not get them in the building, but I'm going to take the church to them. I'm going to take the breath of God to them. I'm going to take anointing to them. They are going to be in the presence of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is in me. Come on, lift your hands. I want you to begin to seek the Lord. I'm finished, but he's not. I'm finished, but the Father's not. God wants to do something in somebody's life. It's already been called destiny. And it could be your destiny. It's already been called that it's going to happen. And it could be you that's a part of it. You've got loved ones that need to be saved. You've got co-workers that need to be saved. you got family members that need to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. It needs to be so prevalent in you that the breath of God breathes out of you when you are with them. Come on. Come on, come into His presence. Let His presence come in you. Some of you have the Holy Ghost, but you need His purpose. This altar's open for anybody that wants to come. Where are the Saviors? Where are the Saviors? are the saviors? Where are the deliverers? Where are the healers? Where are the soul winners? That's an occupation for all of us. Where are the ones that want to make a difference? You're going to take the Spirit to them father I'm going to pray for your will and then I'm going to execute your will I'm going to pray for your desire and then I'm going to do whatever you desire father I'm coming to you right now because I want my purpose to be one with your purpose I want my desire to be one with your desire I humble myself in your sight I yield myself to your will not my will but thine be done almighty God In the name of the Lord Jesus Anybody else that wants to come The Holy Ghost has instructed me To pray over those that come to this altar God's given us the power to Bless and curse I'm going to pray a blessing of anointing Upon anybody that comes to this altar And I believe my God is able to transform you Into his image I believe God is able to put some purpose in your heart That's going to cause you to see things different Where's the Messiahs? Where's Jesus? Where's the Christ? Where's the Christ? Christ needs to be in your school. Christ needs to be at your job. Christ needs to be at the supermarket. Where's the Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Father, these are your hands. I want you to pray this with me. These are your hands, God. I'm asking you to put healing in these hands. I'm asking you to put deliverance in these hands. Come on. I devote and dedicate these hands to you. These are your hands. Whatever I touch, you touch. And don't let me touch anything you don't want me to touch Come on, give your hands to God Give your hands to God These are your hands, God If you ever had hands, you've got hands now Let my hands touch those that are broken And let them be healed Let my hands touch those that are sick And let them be made whole Let my hands touch those that are bound And let them be delivered Pray this with me Pray this with me I dedicate my hands to you Oh God Put your hands on your ears now. Put them on your ears. God, I dedicate these ears to you that I might hear your word. That I might hear your direction. That I might hear the still small voice. That I might hear your direction. That I might hear whenever you tell me what to do. Come on. I dedicate these. I don't want these ears to hear anything that you don't want them to hear. I dedicate them to you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, by the authority of the Holy Ghost. Now put your hand on your eyes. Let me see like you see. Let my eyes be your eyes. Let my eyes see what you desire. Let my eyes see your perspective. Let my eyes see the sinner like you see him. Come on, I dedicate. I want to walk around seeing things like you see it. I want to perceive things the way you perceive them. Give me sensitivity and let my eyes be led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. I commit these eyes to you. I dedicate these eyes to you. Now just place your hand on your mouth and say, God, let this be the mouth of God. You know what? It's not enough to hear the voice of God. You need to become the voice of God. Come on, it's not enough just to hear it. Lord, let this mouth be your voice. Let these words come out of my mouth that are your words. I dedicate my mouth to you right now, God, that I can be your mouth, that I can speak your desire. That I can speak deliverance. That I can speak healing. That I can speak comfort. That I can speak mercy. Come on, pray that with me right now. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now lift your hands and lift your eyes to the Lord expecting to receive. Father, I'm just doing what you told me to do. You showed me what to do this morning, so I'm just doing what you told me to do. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Holy Ghost, I speak anointing upon every person that has dedicated themselves to you. I speak the anointing that will break the yoke right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to quicken the Spirit of God that is in them. Breathe into them and let them become animated by the authority and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I speak it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The anointing that breaks the yoke. The power of the Holy Ghost. That releases from bondage. I I speak a blessing upon those that will be the Moshaim. That will be the ones that will be the saviors. The ones that have messianic mentality. I speak effectiveness. I speak purpose. I I speak power and authority by the word of God. And the spirit that dwells within them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus name, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. I'll see, yes, Hallelujah! Would you begin to glorify the name of the Lord? Yes, Praise the name of the Lord. I agree. Exalt the name of Jesus. Come on, exalt the name of Jesus. Exalt the name of Jesus. Yes.